morning, everybody. It's great to see all of you today. And it's uh, great to be back together again. Last week we had park services in different locations throughout the East San Gabriel Valley. I heard nothing but great things. Uh, people had a blast. They ate a lot. They fellowshiped a lot. And they heard the word. And it was a special celebration. And it was such a success. We plan on doing it again in August by popular demand. If you're visiting here with us today, I want to welcome you. It's great to have you. Uh, we consider it a, a, a privilege. Uh, we want this to be a place where you can grow your faith. And uh, whatever we can do to help you in that pursuit, we're here to serve. Uh, but today we're, we're beginning, as Mike shared, a brand new series. And we do lesson series to really help us grow our faith. And we try to, in the Lighthouse Church of Christ, we try to look at the Bible as like in your, your phones, you know, you have apps. So we try to look at the Bible as an app and apply it, use it, so it can better our lives, so we can grow our faith, and so we can have a better relationship with God. So we're excited you're here. Uh, we've also got some, uh, some uh, middle schoolers in the house today. Great to have you guys back from youth camp. A little tired, maybe. A little worn out. Uh, my, my, uh, my son was there at youth camp for the whole week, and he must have slept 15 hours last night. I wish I could do that. But it's great to have you guys back. And then I know the teens, they're going to have their camp coming up here in a couple of weeks. Hope you guys are excited about that up in Big Bear. But back to our, our lesson today. Uh, today, as, as Mike shared uh, so well in the introduction, the area of forgiveness is huge. This month we go all out and celebrate our freedom. Fireworks, you know, uh, barbecues and, you know, music. And it's all about celebrating our freedom. But, you know, when you have that, you look back and you say, what was the price that was paid so that we could have what we have in this country? And I hope you gave tribute and gave thanks to God for all the people that have fought and died so we can have our freedom. But what would it be like to live in a place and have freedom all around you, but you yourself not be free? And see, freedom is not just something on the outside. There's a whole nother level of freedom that Jesus came to deal with that's on the inside. And it has a great deal to do with forgiveness. Forgiveness is a big deal in life. Uh, I don't know how much time you've ever spent talking to psychiatrists or counselors. Ask them how big a deal forgiveness is with their patients. People who have so many issues because they haven't let go. In my 24 years as a minister, forgiveness has been, if not the biggest, one of the biggest issues we deal with in the church. And guess what? I'm not immune. It's one of the biggest challenges that I've had to face. Because you think, you know, well, we're here in a church and everybody's a Christian. Everybody loves God. We all love one another. We follow Jesus' teaching. And there's no hurt going on here, right? There, there's no stuff going on here. We get along and we're, we're great. This is the oasis, right? Well, let me help you understand reality. When you get that close to somebody... 
there's going to be hurt at some point or another. Kind of like our marriages, brothers and sisters, would you not agree in the, in the marriage ministry? Forgiveness is a big deal to have a successful marriage. So today we're going to really take a look at it, and it's a two-part series. We've got this week, Finding Faith Through Forgiveness, and then next week we're going to hit it again. And more in our relationship with God, but today we're going to focus on just with each other. You know, and we did this last year, it's been a whole year, and the reason why we're hitting it again this year is, there's a passage here in, in 2 Peter, I want to show you 2 Peter, it's not on the screen, but the verse is, I'll read it to you, chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Peter says to the church in Asia Minor, he says, so I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth that you now have. I think that it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon set it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Two thousand years later, we still have His Word. And this is one of those teachings that Peter didn't want, the apostles didn't want, that Jesus doesn't want us to ever forget. Forgiveness. The importance of forgiveness. If there's one thing that we want to be good at as a church and be good at as individuals, then that is at forgiving. Because as we're going to look at today, the absence of forgiveness can ruin your life. I've, leaned, I've, seen it, I've seen it destroy people from the inside out. And so let's begin our study. Why don't you join me in a, in a word of prayer and then we'll start. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the privilege that we have to study your word. I'm very grateful for the forgiveness that you've given me. I'm very grateful that I can be a part of a community that believes and practices forgiveness. God, I do pray that today you will fill us with your spirit and your teaching so we can be free. Thank you, God, that we live in this country. Thank you that we can walk around freely, but God, help us to be free on the inside, not just on the outside. Please bless this service and let your word fall on fertile ground. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. How important is forgiveness? You know, Forgiveness affects your relationships. It affects your health and your happiness. And we're going to see some, some clinical studies uh, that have been done on that. It affects your faith. You know, we're here because of faith. We believe in God. We believe in His Word. But if you don't forgive and you don't have forgiveness, it will affect your faith. It will corrode your faith. It affects your prayers. Uh, I would believe that most of us pray at some time or another in our lives, if you want your prayers to go up, forgiveness is a big deal with regard to that. And it affects our freedom. As I've already shared, you will not be free unless you experience forgiveness. And unless you give forgiveness. So let's begin in Mark chapter 11, and verse 24, the teachings of Jesus. Look what he says here. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. How important is faith 
in your prayer life. You know, that's one of our primary focuses as a church, faith. Our, our goal is to grow our faith. And if you're here visiting with us, our goal is to help you grow your faith. That's one of the primary things that Jesus wanted to help people with is their faith and trust in God. Faith is huge in prayer. And sometimes our faith is tested. But look what else he says. And when you stand or sit or drive or kneel or walk praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. You know, one of the greatest qualities of God is He loves us unconditionally. There's no condition on His love for us. And you would think, you know, what about forgiveness? Do you think God's forgiveness is unconditional? Nobody answers, right? You're ready for the trick question, right? Forgiveness is not unconditional. Forgiveness is conditional. If you don't forgive people around you, God won't forgive you. And that's what we're going to see today. It's that big of a deal. You see, the reason why God and Jesus emphasize forgiveness is because it affects our relationships. It affects our relationship with Him. If we don't forgive, our relationships are going to be damaged. And so, over all the other things that God's got going on, the creation, the spinning of the universe, and the planets, and the stars, and the galaxies, and all these things, guess what God's biggest priority is? Relationships. It's His top priority. That's why He sent Jesus here. To try to fix the relationships. Us with Him, us with one another. But these are big words that Jesus says here. If you hold anything. You know, when I was doing this lesson a year ago, I had to do an evaluation. And guess what? Had to do another evaluation this year. So one year has passed. How's it gone? What's happened to you in your life since we've really taken a good look at forgiveness? I'm sure some things have happened. Have you let it go? Are you still holding on to what people have done to you? And what's going to happen in the next few months? Are you going to be armed and ready, quick, to forgive people of what they do? And you know, sometimes we'll hedge forgiveness. Well, I'll forgive this, but I won't forgive this. What's Jesus saying here? Anything. Anything. That's a big word. Anyone and anything. Look what he says in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. How important is forgiveness? Therefore, if you're like for us, it would be as if you came to church. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there in the front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still with him on the way or he may hand you over to the judge 
and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. How important is forgiveness? How important is it resolving issues between each other? With people that are maybe not here, maybe family members, maybe someone in the past. How important is it in your life that you get resolved, that you get forgiven, and that you forgive? Jesus says it's urgent. It's a 911 call. It's an emergency. It's something you've got to do immediately. And he's saying here, don't bother coming to church. Don't bother offering up anything to God, a prayer or whatever, until you get resolved. Because God is affected by it. He looks down at us and He sees His children. And if He sees two of His children that aren't getting along, it grieves His heart. And so that's why Jesus said, I want you to settle this. I want you to make it right. Be quick to forgive. How quick are you to forgive? A lot of times it will determine how strong you are spiritually as a Christian. If you're a good Christian, then obviously you're going to be quick to forgive. This is a huge deal for God. Look at Jesus said again in John chapter 8, verse 34. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Why did God send Jesus? To set us free. From what? From our sin. The whole focus, the primary focus of Jesus coming here on earth was to reconcile God's children with Him. First thing that had to be done in order to reconcile that relationship is forgiveness. What's your primary need in your life? You say, well, I need food, right? Guys would probably say all that. I need, I need food and I probably need it in about an hour. So can you get this, this lesson going? Women would say, I need love. That's a big deal. But you may not know it or not, forgiveness is a huge issue in your life. And if you don't have it, you're going to have a really hard time. Emotionally, physically. And by God sending Jesus, it shows that God has a predisposition to forgive. God is ready, willing, and able. He's waiting to forgive you. If you're here visiting today and you're not a you know, very religious background person, you say, well, I'm probably not that close to God. Guess what? God is waiting. He's ready. He wants to forgive you as soon as possible. He's been waiting your whole life to forgive you. The table is set. Everything is ready. Now what must you do in order to receive His forgiveness? We're going to watch a video here before I want to set the, uh, set the stage here before we watch it. This is a, a news report or a, a story about an Amish village in Pennsylvania that took place a couple of years ago. Huge 
So let's lower the lights. I want you to watch this and just see what a community can do when they practice what Jesus teaches. Let's watch. In the beautiful hills of Pennsylvania, a devout group of Christian people live a simple life without automobiles, electricity, or modern machinery. They work hard and live quiet, peaceful lives separate from the world. Most of their food comes from their own farms. The women sew and knit and weave their clothing, which is modest and plain. They are known as the Amish people. A 32-year-old milk truck driver lived with his family in their nickel mines community. He was not Amish. But his pickup route took him to many of the Amish dairy farms, where he became known as the Quiet Milkman. Last October, he suddenly lost all reason and control. In his tormented mind, he blamed God for the death of his first child and some unsubstantiated memories. He stormed into the Amish school without any provocation released the boys and the adults and tied up ten girls. He shot the girls, killing five and wounding five. Then he took his own life. This shocking violence caused great anguish among the Amish, but no anger. There was hurt no hate. Their forgiveness was immediately, collectively, they began to reach out to the milkman's suffering family. As the milkman's family gathered in his home the day after the shootings, an Amish neighbor came over and wrapped his arms around the father of the dead gunman and said, We will forgive you. Amish leaders visited the milkman's wife and children to extend their sympathy, their forgiveness, their help, and their love. About half of the mourners at the milkman's funeral were Amish. In turn, the Amish invited the milkman's family to attend the funeral services of the girls who had been killed. A remarkable peace settled in on the Amish as their faith sustained them during this crisis. It was an amazing outpouring of their complete faith in the Lord's teachings in the Sermon on the Mount. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you. You know, one of the things that, if you're a parent, that's so important to teach your children is the power of forgiveness. And not just the power of forgiveness, but the practice of forgiveness. This whole community was rescued because of Jesus' teaching. And you know, if I had a goal for our, our community, our church, is that we would be ready to forgive as quickly and as fully as they did. And it didn't happen by accident. This was something that they did on purpose as a community. They practiced, they followed, they studied, they, they accepted 
Jesus is teaching as this is the way you do it. How would you respond if one of your children was the victim of a violent crime like that? Or a dear family member? You know, our society and the movies and everybody is promoting vengeance and get back at the guy and and do something, payback is everything. But it destroys your life. A lack of forgiveness. In fact, they've done studies recently on the, in the area of forgiveness. And I wanted to read some of the results. At Stanford University, they did a, a study called the Stanford Forgiveness Project. And here were some of the foundings, the findings that they had. You are healthier when you practice forgiveness. Your body, you and your body will be favored by forgiveness. Less illness and less physical maladies. You are happier and more peaceful when you practice forgiveness. You enjoy improved mental health. Recent research shows that people who learn to forgive suffer from far fewer incidents of depression than before. In addition, those who experience forgiveness have less anxiety. It literally lowers your blood pressure. Anybody got high blood pressure? Now, don't raise your hand. (laughs) If you have high blood pressure, just simply practicing forgiveness will lower your blood pressure. It decreases stress levels. Stress in your response to a perceived perceived threat. It's easier to stay in the present moments when the process of forgiveness is practiced. It frees you from tyranny, remembering past hurts. Your spirit is no longer bound to the past. Your mind stops reviewing and reliving grievances. And you stop clinging to the victim's role. Ever heard the phrase, live in the moment? Are you living in the moment? Are you living in the past? If you've not forgiven somebody in your life, you are living in the past and you are a victim. You are infected with the sickness of the past. And it may not have been you that did it. Jesus says sin will enslave you. A lack of forgiveness, unforgiveness is sin. But wait a second. I didn't commit the sin. He did. She did. No, it's still a sin when you don't forgive. The reason why sin is sin is because it affects you and it affects other people around you. Getting angry in the study they found is a a second step of a lack of forgiveness. Getting angry and needing to forgive are a universal phenomenon in every place in the world. doesn't matter the culture, the language. It's universal for us as human beings. It's a primary Stumbling block. Holding on to anger for too long can obviously affect a person's emotional health, but hanging on to that anger, Dr. Luskin, who directed the project, said can also affect seriously people's physical health. A lack of forgiveness, which often recurs as having been hurt, humiliated, angered, or having suffered fear or loss, feeling guilty or envy, have a profound effect on your body's functions. 
Physically, the body is in a state of stress. Muscles tighten, causing imbalance or pain in the back or neck or limbs. Blood flow to the joints is restricted, making it more difficult for the blood to remove waste from the tissues, reducing the supply of oxygen and nutrients to the cells. Normal processes of repair and recovery from injury, arthritis, are impaired. Clenching of the jaws contributes to problems with teeth and jaw joints. Headaches can become a problem. Chronic pain gets worse. Heard enough? So why would you continue not to forgive? Why would you hold on to something? It's as if someone who was in jail, imprisoned, and they opened the doors and said, you're free now. Right? But they they stayed in the back corner of the jail cell and said, I'm not leaving. What What are you, crazy? Why won't you leave? You're free now. Go outside. Be free. Like the the video we saw with the horses running wild and free. Why wouldn't you want to be free? See, the Amish people understood God's teaching in that they, because of the milkman's terrible acts, if they didn't forgive, they wouldn't be free. They would be prisoners of His acts. And that's why it's so important. Look in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, God's got a plan for your life. He's got a race marked out for you. He wants to use you. He wants to bless you. He wants your life to prosper, to be a a, a joy. But you know what a lack of forgiveness will do to that plan? It will ruin it. It will imprison you. And you know, I'm so so proud of some of our members of our, our, our church here, but also our church worldwide. As I've interacted and worked with people, it's amazed me. Just a month ago, I was in Central America. And to hear some of the sisters' testimonies of how they were treated when they grew up, some of the things that they were put through by family members, things that were done to them at a young age, you just go, oh my goodness, how in the world could that happen? And yet you look at them in their state of their life, they're happy, they're forgiven, and they've forgiven atrocious things but you only hear about in the news commonplace in some of these places in our world but forgiveness gave them the ability to be set free and that's what Jesus is saying here get rid of whatever it is get rid of it throw it off let it go so you can be free What are you holding on to today? What have you got that's holding you back? You see, and because we have the Bible, right? This is a dangerous weapon. Because if you misinterpret what the Bible says, it can give you the sense of morality. 
that I know the truth, I know what the Bible says, and unless they repent and ask me forgiveness, I don't have to forgive them. That's what the Pharisees practiced. They were priests of Jesus' time. And they were not quick to forgive. Well, I won't forgive them because they haven't asked me for forgiveness. They've never come to me and apologized. So that's a condition. Yeah, I think that's what the Bible says. No, that's not what the Bible says. What did Jesus say when He was hanging on the cross before He died? Father, forgive them. Did He wait for them to apologize? Did He wait for the Roman soldiers to come and kneel before Him and say, I'm sorry for hitting you over the head, for putting that crown of thorns, for whipping you 40 plus times? For nailing you to this cross. He didn't wait. He forgave them. And he asked God to forgive them. Wow. You see, Jesus didn't want to be imprisoned by people's sin. He went to a higher level of living. That's what Jesus is trying to call all of us to do, is live at a higher level. What level are you living at? Are you living at the, the imprisoned level? Are you ready to rise and live at Jesus' level? Free. A lack of forgiveness affects homes, communities, churches. I've seen whole churches, in my experience, whole churches be devastated. Churches of thousands devastated by a lack of forgiveness that permeated the fellowship because they weren't willing to forgive, people left their faith, walked away, feeling justified. Well, there's hypocrisy in this church and I will not forgive. Really? You're going to ruin your faith and your relationship with God because of what someone else did? And let me just eliminate any, you know... uh, questions, me as one of your ministers, I'm not perfect. I think I can speak for the other ministers in the church. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. I think I can speak for the elders. Can you give me a a nod there? I don't want to speak for them unless they say yes, but these guys are not perfect. None of us are. None of us are. We're going to make mistakes. Husband and wife. One of the greatest strengths in a marriage is forgiveness. One of the greatest strengths in a family is forgiveness. Have you ever been in a toxic work environment? Say, yeah, I remember. It was awful. I hated going to work. Did you practice forgiveness? You know, and it's this, this thing of forgiveness is generational. You know how we believe in generational teaching? Passing on Jesus' teaching to our children, our children's children. The devil has also a generational teaching. You know what that generational teaching is? Don't forgive. Hold a grudge. Hold it in. You model it for your children at home. New beginnings. 
And as you see here, this ball and chain. You know why they put these ball and chains on people? So they couldn't run away. As a form of imprisonment, because it would always be a burden. Imagine carrying around a 50-pound ball of weight and trying to run. And this, you know, 20-pound chain. Not easy to get away. So I ask you, why are you doing that with your life right now? Why are you holding on to that stuff that happened to you, that he or she did to you? It changes who you are as a person. It will define your future. What kind of future do you want to have? Forgiveness is a big part of that. Let it go so your future can be free. You don't need a palm reader to tell you. You've got to let it go. Not to mention that's sinful and wrong. The Bible's got plenty of answers to help you with your future. Forgiveness is one of the biggest issues people have in their lives. Or the lack of it. Freedom is one of the biggest struggles people have worldwide. To be free. But they don't realize that the freedom is in here first. Not out there. Not in downtown L.A. with the signs and the protests. It's here. It's with God. Freedom from anxiety, depression, insecurity... All of these consequences that people develop in coping with the lack of forgiveness that they have in their lives. Freedom and forgiveness are almost the exact same. Look at what it means to be free. To be set free, to let go, to release, to discharge, to liberate completely. Freedom and forgiveness are synonymous. They're one and the same. Who's not free in your life? The problem for people with a Christian background, as I've already shared, you can be morally justified in not forgiving. Right? Well, the Bible says, the Bible says, okay? You can be morally justified from not forgiving someone, but spiritually wrong. Because you're not forgiving them. And as I said, they haven't apologized appropriately yet. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. In your anger, this was a, a verse we looked at Wednesday night. You remember, Ted? Wednesday night in our marriage principles. This was taught to me as a young man before I got married. And they taught me, you know, and they taught us, Laura and I, this scripture. It says, in your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. But this passage isn't just for married people. In fact, the context of it is just for everybody. But we had this, this, this practice when we were young. And I remember in the first year, we stayed up till 2 or 3 in the morning trying to resolve an issue. Because we wouldn't go to bed until we resolved it, right? It got to the point at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, Okay, I forgive you. I'm sorry. I'm so exhausted. I just want to go to sleep. I'm sorry. And, you know, i got to confess, my wife was the one, you know, that forgave me because I needed to apologize. And guys, you know, 
we, we're the ones that usually have to apologize the most. At least that's the way it is in my family. In fact, in one of the studies, they showed that the women have a, a greater propensity to forgive than men. Just practice. Okay? But that's the way it was. But it, it saved us. Because if you let it go to the next day, what happens? A lack of forgiveness is like a seed. Put it in the ground. The devil will make sure it gets some water overnight. Okay? Well, you know, maybe even some, some, some fertilizer. You know? And he'll throw it on top to make sure it grows. And grows into what? Bitterness. Which will destroy you. It can get a root system as huge as the biggest oak tree underground. No one sees it. They perceive it, though. Isaiah 43. Look at this passage. Why does God forgive? Isaiah 43, verse 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions. For my own sake, and remember your own, remember your sins no more. For God, our relationship with Him is above everything else. But why does God forgive? Is it for you? Or is it for Him? It's for His own name's sake. See, because He doesn't want to be tied down by anyone else's sin. See, it, it is something that, that gives glory and honors Him when He forgives But we need to see the same practice in our own lives. Why should you forgive? For your own sake. When you don't forgive, you're basically living with the person who offended you, who hurt you. You're becoming joined in one with them. Because not only is their sin affecting you, but... It, it mutates. It becomes yours. And then it's passed on to probably people around you. It affects your children, your family, your surroundings, because you can't be who you were created to be. Let's watch this next video about forgiveness.
Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a decision. What that means is, is the hurt may not go away. The memory may still be as vivid as it was before. But forgiveness is something you decide to do. Even though Jesus forgave us for our sins, He still felt and feels the pain of sin. And just because you forgive does not mean the pain and the memory is going to go away. But don't let feelings limit your forgiveness. It's a decision. The quote at the very end, when deep injury is done to us, we will never recover until we forgive. Forgiveness does not change the past, but it enlarges our future. The last journal entry of Mary Karen Reed prior to being killed in the Virginia Tech shooting. You think she was ready? You think she understood what was really important in life? And let me say this, in our society, in our world today, there's no guarantee that you're going to be safe and secure from hurt and from, and from people doing harm to you in your life. But what amazes me sometimes is how we as, quote, Christians or we as believing people can walk around and say, I won't forgive and I will hold on to this little issue when you've got things of this magnitude. Murder, rape, awful things that violate a person's whole life. Anyone of anything is what Jesus taught. And let's close out looking at this last passage. Then uh, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. Now, Peter was leveling up. The Pharisees had a practice. This was the Jewish priest. They had a practice of three times a day. Okay, that was the limit. You were spiritual if you were three times a day. If you forgave somebody in one day of three things, three times, could be the same thing. If you forgave them three times in one day, you're spiritual. So Peter wanted a star right there on his forehead. So he says, how about it, Jesus? Seven times? He's trying to level up. And look what Jesus says. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. In a day? That's all day. That's just a day of sin. You ever had anybody sin against you 77 times in one day? Jesus is being, you know, facetious or exaggerated here. The point is unlimited forgiveness. Remember our study a few weeks ago on the prodigal God? What limit has God put on His forgiveness? Up to what point, if we ask Him for forgiveness, up to what point? The only condition that there is on forgiveness for Him is when we don't forgive somebody else. There's the wall, the barrier. Anything else 
You mean God will forgive me 77 times in a day? Yes. And I hope that 77 times in a day will motivate you to change and to strive to be your very best. It's my biggest motivator in my life. It's why I do what I do. And I strive to be what God wants me to be because of forgiveness. Love never fails. And forgiveness shouldn't either. We're going to skip this. We're going to save it for next week. So when you come back, Matthew 18, verse 23, the parable of the unmerciful servant. So just write that down for next week. We'll look at it. I just don't want you to forgive me for running long. Let's close out here with some faith and action points. Because it's all about making decisions today. I want to encourage you as parents to have a devotional this week on forgiveness. If you're visiting here with us today and you're a parent, I want to encourage you, maybe pick one of the verses that we looked at. Read it with your children and talk about forgiveness. Maybe in your singles households, to have a devotional together. You can do that. That's a family. And talk about it, you know, get in a time to, to, to exchange what, what you got from today and, and what you want to change about today. If there are any names that you want to ask for people to pray for you, to hold you accountable, that you're going to get this done this week or today even, that you'll make the phone call, that you'll go after this, that you'll be reconciled. You may not be able to call them, you may not be able to talk to them, but the decision can be made. I forgive you. I forgive them, God. And you know, another thing that's very important, and we're going to talk about this some more next week, is what, how does God want to use us as members of His church? If you're visiting here today, the reason why you're here today is because somebody invited you. And, and we want people to come to know God. We want people to, to come to church so that they can be forgiven and understand forgiveness and walk the walk that Jesus taught about. So I want to encourage you this week to be a vehicle, to be an instrument of, of that you can extend forgiveness to somebody, to invite them to study the Bible, to invite them to come to your, your faith group or Wednesday night. Because forgiveness isn't just for us. Jesus wants the whole world to experience it. Let me tell you, this world that we live in needs it desperately. Initiative. Take initiative. Don't wait for someone else or something else. You be the initiator. If you know someone's got bad feelings towards you, right? Don't wait for them to come and apologize to you or to get reconciled. Take the initiative yourself. Even though it may not, in your eyes, be not be justified. If you know somebody's got some funny feelings with you, go to them. Help them in the process. It makes a big difference. And the last thing is, be the new man. Be the new woman. What do I mean by that? Forgiven. And if you're studying the Bible, God wants you to be a new man, a new woman, urgently. Why are you waiting to be forgiven? You know the longest time it took someone to get right with God in the New Testament and the the book of Acts? Three days. It didn't take ten months or six months or five months for them to get right with God. They said, no, i got to do this now. I'm tired of being separated from God. I want to be urgent. I need to be forgiven. It's the most important thing in my eternity. It will affect me today, and it will affect the rest of my eternity.
Let's go after that this week. If you're studying the Bible, don't drag your foot or your feet or your heart. Let's get with it so you can be right with God. It's the most important thing in your life. And as, in closing, before we take the communion, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. You know, as we take the communion now, we're going to pray that God will forgive us for what we've done against Him. We do it every week. I want to encourage you because this is a big issue, feeling forgiven. Don't let God's promises be emotionally based for you. Accept His promise. Accept the promise that He forgives you today so you can walk out of here free. Not carrying around the guilt of this past week. Accept His forgiveness. What a day you're going to have if you accept the promise. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. It's a promise. So let's pray for the communion. God, we thank you for the privilege that we have to receive your word. I pray that today you'll help it to minister to us, to change our lives. Please use us to help others around us. God, right now we want to lift up Jesus and his sacrifice, his body and his blood that was poured out for our forgiveness. Please help us today to live by his teaching and to forgive others. God, you know this week what happened in our lives, the things that we did or said that hurt you and that hurt other people. Cleanse us. Wash us. And help us to do our best to live differently this week. Be with us, God. Wash us and thank you for Jesus that he loved us that much. That he was willing to die for us. Bless our fellowship and our families and our lives. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.